We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, Lakers Nation. Welcome in to the LakersNation.com podcast. I am Trevor Lane. You can find me on Twitter at Trevor underscore Lane over on Instagram at Trevor Lane NBA. Lakers, Nuggets, that series kicks off tomorrow. We're going to talk a bit about that. We'll also talk about the final four here. Four teams remaining, the Lakers being one of them. Started with 30 beginning of the season. Now just four teams left. The Lakers, one of the teams still standing. A lot to get into today. Joining me is Sean Davis. Sean, how are you doing? Doing good. And I just want everybody to know that the bubble was fake. It, I mean, just <laughs> official bubble was fake. Um, yeah. This is, I mean, it's a little bizarre that you've got the same four teams that we had in 2020 remaining. It's the Nuggets, the Lakers, the Celtics, and the Heat. Um, that's the the final four remaining in the NBA. And look, I've had, I put out there, I said the bubble was legit, you know, because it's it feels like in some ways it's redemption for the bubble. Because so many people have been talking down the bubbles for years. Lakers haters have. Anyway, but um, I, I've had a lot of people try to fire back and like oh no no well it's it's different rosters now and, and all that kind of stuff mostly like warriors fans that are just bitter at this point and just angry at the at the world because they're not used to losing uh in the western conference but nonetheless um uh, i do think this is in some ways proof that hey it wasn't just a fluke that these were the four teams remaining in the western or in the west and the east respectively in 2020 Yeah, I mean, like the bubble, any player that won a championship that year or any player that not just won a championship that that played in that environment will tell you that's an incredibly tough environment. And the Lakers, what they worked for throughout the entire season, which was home court advantage, was taken away from them in that in that bubble run. So, um, yeah, man, like it, it is kind of ironic. And like, like you said, Trevor, when you look at um, the people saying, oh, it's different rosters or whatever. Well, like you look at the core, like the the, the stars for all the four teams mm-hmm. and maybe a couple of role players, LeBron AD, Jokic Jamal, MPJ, uh, Jalen, well, the Jays, Jalen, Jason, Marcus Smart in Boston, Jimmy Butler, Bam, Dunk. It's a lot of the same still. I might see some new pieces uh, sprinkling in there, but it's a lot of the same. Yeah, I mean, the core is the same, and some people are obviously going to make that connection. But like I said, some people are just mad at the world and are, and are you know, going to, no matter what, happens are going to talk down on the 2020 championship but you know what you know if they're upset and they say it was an easy championship well then why didn't your team win it right Mm. that's what it comes that's what it that's what it comes down to that's what it comes down to but in any event um as of right now las vegas says the celtics are winning the championship las vegas has the celtics as a heavy favorite now i thought the 76ers completely blew it game six was their opportunity and they didn't get the job done. Once it went to game seven, you had a pretty good sense that it was over. Um, once the Celtics won game six in that series, 76ers had their chance um, for a few reasons. They didn't win game six, and that was it. Now the Celtics are the heavy favorite to win the whole thing. I think part of that is they are, I think betters see them as the team that will most comfortably be in the finals because I don't, look, Jimmy Butler's great. I still think people don't fully buy into what the Miami Heat have been doing. And then on the other side, the Denver Nuggets are the favorite right now over the Lakers, but there's always a chance the Lakers upset the Nuggets. And so, uh, and so you could see where 
Boston, I think, is the stronger chance of any of the four teams to just be in the finals and then to actually win it. Um, they're going to have the, the heavier odds there. But the uh, the breakdown goes Celtics is the favorite by a lot <clears throat> to win the championship, which is the dark timeline we've been trying to avoid all season long. Then it's Denver is the second most likely to win it, according to, to Vegas. Then it's the Lakers. And then way down somewhere is the Miami Heat. Not a lot of faith in Miami. Uh, what do you think about the way it's it's lined up right now in terms of the betting odds? Sean, do you think there's, is there a team being disrespected here? Do you think this is about how it should be? How do you see this? I think in terms of the placement, it makes sense. Like we had told me, I, I don't know what the numbers are exactly. I haven't looked at it. But I think it makes some sense, right? Like Boston's been arguably the best team all year, if not them, Milwaukee, but Milwaukee's not in the playoffs anymore, rather. Um, Denver being number two makes some sense. Like kind of like you mentioned, like Denver is a team between the two favorites that's gonna have the hardest time getting out, most likely. Like from a betting standpoint, um, I feel like there's more likely of a shot that the Lakers upset Denver than vice versa. Um, so it makes sense. I do think people got to stop disrespecting Miami, though. Like, Miami, I, I think I said this, uh, maybe in my, one, a, a space or whatever, or maybe it might have been here mm-hmm. just talking with you after. But it, I have nightmares about facing Eric Spolstra in the finals. I don't want that. So, or then, like, Jimmy Butler playing arguably better than he did in the bubble these past two playoff runs. Like, I'm scared. So, stop sleeping on Miami. I think that's going to be great. I think both series are going to be great series, honestly. I think they're both going at least six. Okay, let me let me give you the numbers as they are right now. I'm going to give you Boston, Denver, and the Lakers, and I want you to tell me what you think Miami is, all right? Boston okay. is plus 105. Denver is plus 230. The Lakers are plus 330. What do you think Miami is? Plus... 550 plus 1400 <laughs> i am betting that <laughs> <laughs> there that. is no faith no faith in miami to get past uh boston in fact i'm seeing one here and again this is shifting all the time so most of you listening watching by the time you're it's probably changed again here's another uh sports book that i'm looking at though uh has it boston plus 100 Denver plus 240, Lakers plus 320, Miami plus 1600. No faith in Miami whatsoever to get past Boston. I can't say I blame them that much. The Celtics should should beat Miami. But we also could have said that about the Milwaukee Bucks, certainly, and probably could say that about the Knicks, too. Like, both of those teams probably should have beat Miami. Certainly, Milwaukee should have. And yet neither of them did. Will that trend continue? I don't think it will. But man, I hope it does. That would be awesome. Whatever that uh, sports book is, that's Miami plus 1600. I need their information so I can go about that. <laughs> well, I mean, do you think it's just reliant on, hey, Jimmy Butler goes nuclear for four games in a seven-game series and carries the team to a win, or Bam has this throwback performance. I mean, I'm saying throwback as though Bam's like 36 or something. He's not, but he just has this monstrous performance. He hasn't had as many of those um, this season, but, and then you need guys like Max Struess, Gabe Vincent to just go on heaters shooting the ball in order to, to do it. I would think that the Celtics should be a very, very heavy favorite compared to Miami, but nonetheless, that's the order as it is right now. The Lakers given uh, coming up three out of four in terms of most likely to win an NBA championship. Now, I think I'm okay with that. I kind of prefer the Lakers being seen as the underdog. I think that gives them that much more motivation. I think this is a team that cares about that kind of stuff. Um, You think about Jermichael Green poking the bear with LeBron, Dylan Brooks doing it the season before. Anything that can give the Lakers that whiteboard material, do it. I, I, I wish that the betting odds had Miami ahead of the Lakers somehow and the Lakers in fourth. So that would even put a bigger chip on their shoulder. This is the team that put, what was it, 0.3% on the whiteboard, their on chances whiteboard. of making it to the to the playoffs. I think this is a team that thrives off of negativity from outside forces. And uh, 
And so I am, I'm okay with them being ranked third here. I hope they see that. I hope it upsets them. And I hope they take it out on Denver. I hope a random role player just said something stupid and LeBron goes <laughs> off for 47 straight games. That'd be nice. Yeah, that, that would be. Can we get like, like Jeff Green to say something? He probably he probably won't. I think Bron Bruce, has a good Bruce relationship Brown. with Jeff. He does. He does. All right, let's let's go. Bruce Brown, say something. Say something about LeBron about how you're going to lock him up or something like that, and uh, and let's go. I think that would be that would help out the Lakers in this series. I approve of that message. Yeah. Message. <laughs> uh, anyway, we've got Lakers Nuggets coming up. Series starts tomorrow night. Going to be. Interesting. We've we've seen it now the last two series. The Lakers have, have won game one. Hopefully that trend continues. They're not favored to do so, but hopefully that continues. They're able to get game one. If not, you really got to get game two. You got to get one of the first two games. Um, take one away from Denver on the road, and that goes a long way. It, obviously, it flips home court advantage, which the Lakers have utilized because they have not lost uh, at home yet in the playoffs. So if you're able to win game one, all you got to do is win your home games and you're through, right? And that's exactly what the Lakers have done so far in round one and round two. They won game one and then they just won their home games. They won uh, game three and four and game uh, six. So if you can do that, great. Let's follow that same path and ultimately get through. But again, right now, Vegas favoring the Nuggets to beat the Lakers. Uh, before we get into some fan questions and comments, Sean, is there anything since our show yesterday that's popped into your head about this particular series, anything you think that could be important to note as we prepare to see these two teams go after each other? Um, Nothing too, too much that we didn't already talk about or that I'm going to talk about a little bit more in detail uh, over the next 24 hours or whatever. But um, I think it's more so just like honing in and making sure your preparation on this stuff that we do know about the Denver Nuggets is super, super sharp. And I'll just reiterate what I said on, on yesterday's show. Um, I feel good. I think the film shows some encouraging things that the Lakers can attack. Um, I will say this, though. In the playoffs, the Nuggets have the third worst transition defense and the third worst uh, ball screen defense. So uh, it'd be nice to see the Lakers attack those two things. I think some of that might be inflated, though. Like, you're facing a really freaking good Phoenix half-court offense. Um, so... Some of that might be a play, but at the same time, like LeBron, AD, spam some of that ball screen stuff, and I think it'd be in good shape. Man. Denver is going to be in for a rude awakening when they see that Lakers defense. They just got used to a series against the Suns. That's going to that's gonna be a big... You know how... If you ever had... You have those houses that... I never had this when I was a kid, but uh, you have a, a jacuzzi and a pool. You know what I'm talking about? You've got a jacuzzi and a pool right next to each other, and you're in the jacuzzi, and you jump into okay. the pool, or vice versa. You know, it's like that extreme temperature change, and it just hits you. That's going to be Denver. Their offense going up against the Lakers' defense after playing against the Suns' defense, which was terrible. Now they're going up against the Lakers' defense. That is going, to, And I'm not saying the Lakers aren't going to experience the same thing in terms of going up against the undersized Warriors to now to the supersized Denver Nuggets. It's going to be a shock, I think, to both of these teams because it's so drastically different than what they saw in the previous round. It's going to be interesting to see how both sides adjust. And here's the other thing, Sean, the point I want to make. The Lakers played the Nuggets four times this season. Their record is two and two. So you think, okay, this is a pretty even matchup. Both teams won two games. All four of those matchups came pre-trade deadline. The most recent one was in January. So none of it matters. We've said it for a while. I mean, this... This Lakers team, post-trade deadline, it's a whole new team. So everything that happened pre-trade deadline, throw it out. It doesn't. It's not useful unless it's just for scouting Denver. But it doesn't really provide that much value in terms of, hey, this team's better. Look at the way this team exploited that or anything. It's a totally different team. So there is going to be a feeling out process here in game one. Even as both sides are going to be pushing to try to get the win, there's also going to be this uh, trying to adjust on the fly and get used to uh, getting thrown from the jacuzzi into the pool, so to speak. All I want to know is, are the Lakers the jacuzzi or the pool? That's the only thing I care about from that entire <laughs> spiel. Um, 
I, I think the environment is is more what I was referencing. But I guess let's let's say the Lakers, let's say the Lakers are the, are the jacuzzi because they were pretty hot shooting that last game, uh, game six, where they shoot like fifty percent from three, something like that. Something like that. We'll we'll take that. We'll take that. Uh, that that sounds like uh, some hot tub shooting right there. All right, let's get into some fan questions and comments here coming in from uh, our last post game show. Raza said, tell that TikTok dog crying Steve Kerr and poking bears to Michael Green to come see me. LeBron AD and the Lakers potentially ended the Warriors dynasty ring this season and two Pete when we get Dame. Yeah. How? Uh, yeah, you're not getting Damian Lillard. Like, I haven't, I've tried to explain this on previous shows, but so Lakers fans feel nothing towards Portland, right? Maybe it was different in 2000, right? When it was, you know, Scottie Pippen was on the Blazers and there was that whole rivalry and all that Rasheed Wallace and everything. And the Lakers came back uh, in the fourth quarter and, and game seven and, you know, the epic comeback, all of that uh, en route to a, a championship. There isn't really a Lakers Blazers rivalry. However, Blazers fans still vehemently hate the Lakers, hate the Lakers. That is if they could send Damian Lillard anywhere else, they would. That is the last place they would want to send Damian Lillard. So if you are Portland and you're trading away your beloved star, the best player in franchise history, right? The greatest trailblazer ever. And you're trading him away. You're not going to want to add insult to injury by sending him to the Lakers of all teams. So it's not just the Lakers don't have the pieces to make the move. It's not just um, the question about the fit. How do you build a roster around him? All that kind of stuff. It's also just realistically, they're not going to do the, the Blazers aren't going to do that to their own fan base. They're not going to send them to the Lakers. It's not going to happen. Are we sure Dame's the greatest Blazer of all time? I think so. Who else are we putting? Are oh, you doing what? Bill Walton? Clyde Drexler. Hey, who you, who you I think those are the top three. Probably the yeah. top three for sure. I think it's got to be Dame. Oh no. Okay. I think it's gonna be Dame. But that's my that's my opinion. That's it's Dame. Um, but there's some other guys you could throw there. Man, what could have been Brandon Roy if he hadn't got hurt? Terrible. Uh Mauricio, let's go. I smell a bubblicious playoffs. Well, that's exactly what we got. We've got the bubble run back here. Uh road to 18. Job not done. That's right. Godskill said eight more wins. Let's go, Trev Dog. It's so like it's obviously much easier said than done. But when you phrase it that way, the Lakers are eight wins away from a championship. God, that that sounds that sounds unbelievable. Like, especially when you think about where they've been this season, to say now they are eight wins away from a championship. Whoo, that that's uh, unbelievable unbelievable sean there's a great mixtape or i don't know or like a highlight if you will on that found on twitter that it tweeted out uh at sean underscore davi where you guys can follow me at um and it basically like just highlights or goes through the story of this Lakers season and you sit back and i just sat like three minutes of free time i just sat back i'm like dang dude like are we we're seriously eight wins away after mm -hmm. how this crappy season start or how crappy the season did start um the moves at the deadline how quickly they turn things around post deadline um and then obviously this fun postseason run so far and that's the easiest way to describe this postseason run it's been super fun super annoying at times uh in terms of the teams you've been playing but just super mm -hmm. fun and yeah you're eight wins away which is nuts yeah crazy crazy uh, Wicked Bronco, Lakers versus Nuggets, bubble rematch, KCP revenge series against the Lakers. Yes, there is that element of it. Uh, Jokic versus AD, that the clash of the Titans there. Uh, I got Lakers in six. AD has dominated Jokic his entire career. We'll be like the bubble. Please re-sign Dennis and Austin Reeves, Reeves is him. Um, AD is, I don't, I'm not counting on AD to dominate Jokic. I think if AD can play Jokic even in terms of impact, you're really happy with that because Jokic is incredible. If AD could somehow even that out, then that would go a long way towards potentially the Lakers winning the series. Yeah, I agree. I, I think that's the matchup to watch for in the series, obviously. Well, no, duh. 
Um, but I think whoever wins that matchup wins the series. I think if it comes down to the other guys, I think that favors LA a little bit more because I like mm-hmm. the the idea of a LeBron, the uh, Austin Reeves, uh, D'Angelo Russell, Dennis Rui, who I think this could be a big series for. So yeah, like you said, if this if somehow AD can stay on the same level as Jokic, if not play better than Jokic, I think that that definitely lands into the Lakers' favor. Uh, re-sign Dennis. That's going to be something to watch this offseason. What do the Lakers have to pay in order to keep Dennis Schroeder? Can they pay that? Um, they could go up to a taxpayer bid level, but remember with the new collective bargaining agreement and the super tax, if they go too far, they no longer have a taxpayer mid level exception. So that's where looking at the decisions to make on guys like Malik Beasley and Mo Bamba, what does it cost to keep D'Angelo Russell? What does it keep to cost Rui Hachimura? What does it cost to keep Austin Reeves? All of these things are going to matter. Um, when we start getting into that super tax territory. And if they don't have a taxpayer mid-level, I would think it would be pretty guaranteed that you'd be saying goodbye to Dennis Schroeder at that point. Because I don't think I, somebody's going to offer him more than the veteran minimum. I'm not saying he's going to get a four-year $84 million deal, but somebody's going to offer more than the veteran minimum. So I don't think you have a chance to keep him if you don't have that taxpayer mid-level to use. I agree. All right, we're going to pause for just one moment. Need to give a shout out to our sponsor, and that is Shady Rays. I love Shady Rays. This is this is no joke here. This is not for an ad read or anything like that. Shady Rays have been my daily driver sunglasses for years, even before they became a sponsor. I literally have five pairs of Shady Rays because I've bought so many different styles. Um, they're absolutely phenomenal. So. Our friends at Shady Rays have you covered from the sun to the slopes with premium polarized shades, customizable snow goggles, and much more. They're an independent sunglasses company that offers a world-class product that's just as good as any expensive pair we've worn. Durable frames and extremely clear optics for outdoor adventures. And that's not all. Shady Rays offers the most insane protection in all of eyewear. Every pair of sunglasses is backed by the lost and broken replacements. If you lose or break your pair, even one on day one, they told us they will send you a brand new pair, no questions asked. Wear your Shady Rays with confidence because they have your back long after your purchase. I can confirm this. I had my sunglasses sitting on the seat in my car. I sat on them. I broke them. I contacted them, got a replacement pair sent to me. This was a year and a half ago that that this happened. And And they sent me the replacement sunglasses phenomenal phenomenal stuff from them i don't see that from sunglasses companies uh with shady rays you can look good and feel good to date they've donated over 20 million meals to fight hunger with feeding america if you don't love them exchange them for a new pair or return them for free within 30 days no risk when you shop with shady rays they have your back and exclusively for our listeners shady rays is giving you their best deal of the new year go to shadyrays.com and use the code lakers nation for 50 percent off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over 200,000 people. All right, JP, Lakers Nation stand up. Let's go. Uh, Wicked Bronco said, Ham has become a really good coach. He has grown a ton through the season. Give him credit. That's one thing. I think there have been a lot of frustration, frustrating moments. There have been games where fans have been extremely frustrated with Darvin Ham. And some of it has been justified. There's no question. But he's also improved significantly from game one to where we're at now. And part of that, I think you have to give credit to the fact that they've got a competent roster now. Like, that's certainly part of the equation. And you can say, well, are the players better? Or does Darvin just have pieces that are easier to fit? And therefore, he can do stuff that he simply couldn't do based on roster limitations previously. Well, it's probably a little bit of both. The players are better. He also has pieces where he can uh, pull a few more tricks out of his bag because he's got players he can actually use in ways that he would like them to to be used. But nonetheless, it, it all is, is true that Darwin, I think, has improved as the season has gone on. We've seen him get better and better. And now we are back-to-back series. We're going in. We said the Lakers are at a coaching disadvantage against Taylor Jenkins with Memphis and against Steve Kerr, against the Warriors. And I think at the very least, we can say that Darvin was up to their level in each series. I think in the Grizzlies series, you can even say he outcoached Taylor Jenkins. Uh, You can make an argument either way with the Warriors, but at the very least, he negated 
any kind of coaching advantage that the Warriors would have had with Steve Kerr. He thoroughly outcoached Taylor Jenkins. I will yeah. die on that hill. Like that series from a coaching standpoint was not close. <laughs> no, yeah, I don't. I don't think. I don't think that one was close. I think the only one that's debatable is Golden State. But again, we went into to two series saying Darvin is yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. is is uh, on the the low side here compared to the opponent, and uh, and he managed to close that gap and then some. Uh, Marcus said, "There's such an eerie sensation. I get that history from the 2020 playoffs repeating itself. Look at where Miami is currently, and the Lakers Denver series rematch is Adam Silver writing the script. I mean, I don't." Uh, I don't think the NBA was like trying to, hey, let's recreate the bubble. Let's see how we can figure out that, have that matchup happen again. But it's just the way it all played out. Now, again, Denver is going to be out for revenge. They're certainly going to be fired up. They're going to be thinking this is our opportunity to get revenge and prove that we're not that same team anymore. Prove why we are the one seed by taking out the Lakers. Uh, Boston is going to be saying this is our chance to prove after losing last year in the finals, after getting knocked out by the Heat in the bubble to get a little revenge and then win an 18th championship. That's going to be their goal. Again, the dark timeline. Uh, so yeah, history is repeating itself a bit, but I hope it plays out the exact same way. I'd like to see it yeah, play out just, the same way. I was just going to say, if Adam Silver is writing the script somehow, Adam, take a, a, a quick minute out of your very busy day and tune into the Lakers Nation podcast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcast. First off, Adam, give us a five-star rating and review, by the way, just saying. <laughs> and just make sure that as you're writing the script that you have the story end the exact same way. Typically, movies that end the exact same way aren't good. I promise you this will be really, really good if you have the 2023 script and just like the 2020 script. Just, just, just saying, Adam. If, if Adam Silver is in any way pulling the levers... Um, it's going to be Lakers Celtics in the finals, right? If he, if he had to pick, if you, if you told him, if you told him at the beginning of the season, pick who's in the finals, he would have said Lakers Celtics. Um, that is the big ratings, uh, matchup. That's the big attention grabber. And so, yeah, if, if that would be celebration time in the league offices, if they get Lakers Celtics in the finals again, I, again, I would prefer to see Lakers heat. And I say that. Not necessarily because I'm afraid of Boston, but mostly just because I don't want to root for Boston to beat Miami. I'd rather root against Boston. I'd rather see Miami beat them and uh, and do that, especially since they are such a heavy underdog, Miami is. So, yeah, I'd prefer to see a Heat-Lakers finals, and then we can get right back to where we were uh, in 2020 and go right back after it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh Tarek said, goat did goat things. LFG Lakers Nation cheers from Dubai. Always cool hearing from our interna international fans. Dante, Denver front court featuring Michael Porter Jr., Aaron Gordon, and Joker. Average height is 6'10". The small starting lineup won't cut it. Who will LA start next season, next series? Sean, we've been talking about this. Is it time to start Rui Hachimura? 6'8", with a 7'2 wingspan. He can give you something in the offensive end, and we've talked about whether or not Vando's defensive capabilities are not as useful in this particular matchup. Is that the adjustment that Darwin needs to make? So if I'm going to be predictive here, I think game one is the same starting or the original starting five, and I mm -hmm. think they're going to do Vando on Jamal. I think that's how they're going to start it. Um, I think it's going to be a game two or a game three adjustment, though, where it is Rui in the starting five and or Vando's minutes start to get phased out um, for the reasons that you just kind of mentioned there, Trevor. Um, but personally, me personally, I would go Austin D, LeBron, Rui, AD. Um, I think that is arguably one of, if not your best, I think your best line might be the three guards, LeBron, AD, like analytically. But I think that might be in this series, potentially your best lineup. Um, you got five offensive uh, threats. You got a, a lineup defensively that I think would be just fine against Denver. And I think mm -hmm. you can get a little bit more creative in terms of how you want to guard Jokic in the post. So I, I like a, that lineup a lot. Yeah. Yeah, I do think that's something that we're going to see. And maybe you're right. Maybe it is the adjustment. Like uh, if the Lakers win game one, if we follow the pattern, the Lakers win game one, lose game two, that could be the adjustment for game three. Or if they lose game one, maybe it's the adjustment for game two. We'll see. Uh, Campbell. 
you knew the series was a wrap when Warriors fans were putting their faith in a Corgi. They were desperate. Uh, they were desperate to hang on to their dynasty any way that they could. And they put their faith in a dog <laughs> that was hitting a basketball down the stairs. Uh, Sebastian, genuinely think Darwin waited for his big uh, Gary Payton II adjustment for the home game. I hope I not. I, I don't think... I don't think it was, hey, well, I've got an adjustment that can fix this, but I only want to use it at home. So let's wait. I don't I don't see that happening. Uh Duddy said, great win, Lakers, time for Denver. Job not done. Yes. Uh, Ray, my man, Austin Reeves. Lakers playing with force. Weird thing. Second round had one through eight seed. Denver, Boston, Philly, Phoenix, New York, Golden State, LA, Miami. Yeah, you had a one seed, a two seed, a three seed, four seed, five seed, six seed, seven seed, eight seed. That is weird. That is weird. And now, and I mean, you had, what was it? It was uh, seven versus six with Lakers and, and Warriors. And yeah. now and now you've got one versus seven with Lakers and Nuggets and two versus eight over in the Eastern Conference. Is this, you know, I've had people say, this is actually bad for the NBA because teams are going to look at this and say, see, this is proof that the regular season doesn't matter. All you have to do is get in. Look, the Lakers were the seventh seed, the Heat are the eighth seed, and they're both in the conference finals. It doesn't matter if you're the one seed. You don't have to push to get the one seed. Do you think there's truth to that? No, I don't think so, personally. I think these are two very extreme scenarios. Um, but I think if you look at the context provided, it kind of makes sense. Right, Miami was always a better team than this, in my opinion. The biggest difference between this Miami Heat team and last year's Miami Heat team, for example, is this year's Heat team didn't have quite the wing depth that last year's team did. I thought losing P.J. Tucker was massive for them. And then this year's Heat team couldn't shoot a three in the regular season, literally. Uh, the the three-point shooting goes up in the playoffs. You add that on top of Spo being the best coach in the NBA, in my opinion, Jimmy Butler going nuts, and you have a run like this and then similarly for the lakers i suppose where really crazy rough start you make some trades lebron and ad both individually go on uh in insane runs when the other players out you make the trades at the deadline then you make a push and you match up well with the first two opponents so i think this is two extreme scenarios i think the regular season does matter still mm -hmm. um and yeah, I, I don't think that's fair because I think that's going to be the excuse, by the way, if the Lakers win the championship is, oh, see, they, they just proved that the regular season doesn't matter or you know, we're going to knock the Lakers somehow for that. So I don't know, man. Uh, well, yeah, and I, I ultimately agree. I think that it's not necessarily evidence that the regular season doesn't matter. I think that this is more of, like as you said, a fairly unique situation. I think home court is something that does matter. I think your quality during the regular season does matter. Uh, as a club, it's the Lakers made some huge moves that didn't take place until the trade deadline. If the Lake, like if the Lakers started the season with this team, they've got home court through at least the first round of of the playoffs, maybe more. If you just started yeah. the season from from the get go with this squad, you're probably what the three seed at worst, right? I mean. I, I we're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. I just want to add in one more point about like the season part. I think if this does show anything, and I guess part of it is like how you incorporate it into your question, I think this does show to a certain extent, if you can get in, you have a shot that like there isn't sure. an invincible team. But I think the counter uh, the counter argument to that is there hasn't been a team that's looked invincible all year. Like that's true, Milwaukee, true. Boston, Denver all had stretches. Dare I see even Memphis had a stretch where they all looked dominant. But like Denver's last six weeks of the season, it was apparent they did not care about no. basketball. Boston had a, a few stretches where you're like, okay, I don't know who the hell that team is. Milwaukee just also has very – like they lost to Houston in a really embarrassing game. They put up like 92 points in the middle of the season. So, again, I think this is just a really, really weird season and a really, really unique situation where all the stars in line and we're going to get the uh, the replay of that 2020 season. Booking well, it. I'll tell you, I'll tell you what. The NBA hopes this is not a really weird outlier season because what you're talking about is – in the West, especially, there was a ton of parody this year. Remember, like yeah. you, we were seeing teams towards the final push there, like one loss could take you from being a playoff team to being out of the play-in, and and a win could knock you all the way back up. Right? I mean, it was so compact, and that told you that there wasn't a lot of separation in the, in the Western Conference in terms of the quality of teams, which sets up a situation like this where a seven seed, an eight seed, can make a run. Whereas in a normal year, there's such a big difference in quality between a one seed and an eight seed. But this is what the NBA wants. This is why we're seeing like the super tax come in. So teams can't spend as much. They, they're losing some roster building flexibility in terms of using the taxpayer mid-level, not being able to trade and take back any money and all these things that are being done to try to prevent teams from just stockpiling players to try to force teams to break up so that you wind up with more parity like this, which I thought created a very exciting season. And therefore also a more exciting playoffs where, hey, it's a two seed against a seven seed, but it's not a foregone conclusion that the two seed is going to win because anything can still happen. So I do think that the regular season does matter, but we're starting to see the NBA get what they want in terms of parity, and that's created more excitement. And maybe you could say less importance in terms of the overall standings, but I don't know. I still felt like teams competed like crazy and, and were doing everything they could to, to jockey for a position because instead of saying, hey, we have to be the two seed, teams were saying, hey, if we mess around, we could find ourselves out of this thing, as Dallas found out this year. So it, I think it's just a different can approach. I you, can I ask you a quick question, really sure. quick? Um, would you agree that this has been probably one of the more exciting NBA seasons as a whole in a little while? Like the only yeah. one that really comes to mind is like that 2016 season where like just legendary games, obviously the Kobe final game sticks out to memory, mm -hmm. but that season as a whole was just super fun. Um, 2020 biasly was really fun. Um, but I don't know. There's been a really fun basketball season. Well, think about it from a league perspective. You had two teams in the West that were not trying to win games. Two. How long yeah. was was Portland in it, right? How Even long was Utah. Dallas in it? Utah was the one seed at one point. Like from an NBA, like I know we look at everything through purple and gold lenses, but from an NBA perspective, those fan bases were engaged. Those fan bases were saying, hey, we've got some, look, we're winning games. Look at this. Now they didn't wind up making it, but 
they weren't looking at things in November going, well, we're out. Clearly, we can't contend against any of the top teams. We're out. No, you, yeah. Right? Like, this is, I think, the way the NBA wants things moving forward. And they will legislate as much as they can to make it happen. I think that's part of what the new CBA is. But in any event, we kind of got into a mini NBA front office show right there. <laughs> we got off off Lakers a, there more often. a little that bit. Fun, yeah. That it is fun to talk about this stuff, this big picture macro stuff. But uh, Bernie said, as a great Lakers philosopher once said, today was a good day. Love this team. Love it. Love it. Uh, Savans said, Master Lock Dennis for not using German to curse. Is that what it was? Is that why he got ejected? I thought it was just because he That's went over. That's why he got ejected. I don't know if he said anything. I could well. Who can tell when he's got a basketball in his face? I don't know if he was talking or not. Uh, (laughs) By the way, did you see Dennis and Draymond made up on Instagram? That was, uh, yeah, yeah, that's all I'm going to say. Yes, I did see it. (laughs) But, like, are you you okay with that? No comment. I plead the fifth. (laughs) Okay. I'm okay with it. Like, I I don't think it's, like, hey, that's fine. You want to bury the hatchet after the series is over? Okay, whatever. Uh, Mark, am I crazy for thinking LeBron cared more about beating this team than winning a fifth ring witness? What? Because yes. like beating Steph, beating the Warriors more than winning a ring. If LeBron looks like he doesn't care at all against Denver, then I guess you can make that argument. But otherwise, what evidence do we have that LeBron cared more about beating the Warriors than winning a ring? I think he knows how important it is to win a ring. I think he knows how big it would be to win another ring, to win one with Anthony Davis, uh, to win one in a, in a Lakers jersey. My goodness, to win one in front of an L.A. crowd, how big that would be? Yeah, no, I, I don't I don't see anything that would suggest that LeBron was placing more importance on beating the Warriors than winning a ring. All right, here's another question. In chat or a comment, let us know, because I think this is a great topic of discussion. LeBron James wins a fifth ring. LeBron James wins his second in LA. Mm-hmm. Does LeBron get a jersey hung up in the rafters? And if so, which one? I think he's already getting a jersey in the rafters. Okay. That's that's already happening. That's happening. Okay. Which which one? Uh it'll be 23 because six is already not going to be worn by anybody else because of Bill Russell. Fair. I didn't think right? about that. I mean, that's what it's got to be. So, yeah, <laughs> I know it's not kind of I guess it's kind of a cop out because you're just by default settling on a number. But, yeah, I think that's what's going to happen. Um, and I think he's already getting a jersey in the Raptors. I think AD is going to get one as well. I think that, that both oh, those yes. things are, are going to happen. Now, you want to talk statue out front. That's a different conversation. But jersey in the Raptors. Yeah, I think they're both going to get that. You might have to win a third to get that one. To get the statue. You might. Yeah. You might. Uh, Nikita, 2-10 and ten to start the season. Now look at us. Shout out Matt Ryan in Cancun to knock down the three to beat the clock. Let's go, Lakers. Man, how big, for as much as we bemoaned like four times this season at least, the Lakers had officials blow calls with the game on the line that would have seen the Lakers win. You know, the Troy Brown three against Dallas, the LeBron uh, layup in overtime against Dallas. Of course, the Celtics game, right? I mean, they had all these things happen. But we also saw early in the season, Matt Ryan hits that three against the Pelicans to send the game into overtime. And then the Lakers go on to win. How big that win wound up being, not just in terms of standings, but in terms of that pick swap. That, that wound up being huge for the Lakers, that he was able to hit that shot and the Lakers get a win improbably um, wound up being a really important moment on the season. Yeah. I am sprinting to give Matt Ryan his championship rank. If the Lakers win a ring this year, I like he he's the first player that gets it outside LeBron and AD <laughs> third ring goes to Matt Ryan. <laughs> Life is full of what ifs. So what if you try something new when it comes to dating? Talkify is a new way to meet other serious singles. What if they help you find what you're looking for? Talkify is the country's number one modern matchmaking service that is designed to help you achieve relationship success. Their trusted compatibility specialists hand-select successful and compelling candidates so you can date consciously and productively. 
Here's how it works. The Talkify matchmakers meet with you to learn about what you're looking for in a partner. Then they'll select and screen potential match candidates for you, doing background checks, video interviews, and asking the tough questions that are too awkward for first dates. From there, your matchmaker plans your date introductions and handles all communications for you, creating a safe and stress-free dating experience. Talkify is committed to finding your match. 80% of clients met their person within the first 12 matches. And right now, Talkify is offering our listeners 20% off when you become a client at Talkify.com slash Lakers Nation. That's T-A-W-K-I-F-Y.com slash Lakers Nation for 20% off when you become a client. Talkify.com slash Lakers Nation. Uh, Alien Watch said, let's make sure we treat the Nuggets fans slash organization with respect and not transfer this negative energy we have from Warriors fans to the Nuggets. Lakers in four. Uh, well, first of all, if it's Lakers <laughs> in four, I mean, that would be fantastic if the Lakers were to sweep the Nuggets. That would be great. Uh, but I, obviously, I don't see that happening. I don't see, you know, Vegas is not predicting that. In fact, the Nuggets are a heavy favorite for uh, Tuesday night's game, uh, game one. But um, I, I do want to finish with this one because let's make sure we treat the Nuggets fans slash organization with respect. Now, I hadn't had a lot of run-ins with Warriors fans prior to this series. Um, and, and Grizzlies fans weren't... The, the Grizzlies fans wasn't weren't a big issue. The Grizzlies players got you know annoying and stuff like that. But um, I haven't had I haven't had many run-ins with Nuggets fans in general. I'm sure there will be some, but uh, I'll tell you this, Sean. There was there have been a few people on Twitter who have been jumping in my my mentions and stuff like that and making comments, you know, against the Lakers, obviously, and, and promoting Denver. Right, Denver's going to win in four. Denver's going to win in five, or you know, whatever. Nuggets in six. All this kind of stuff. Um, and even have even even some of them have Denver Nugget logo avatars. And a few of them, um, I actually clicked on the accounts. They're Warriors fans. They're worth like how insane <laughs> is that? How insane is that? They are so salty that the Lakers knocked out the Warriors, maybe ended the dynasty, that they're like wholeheartedly converting to be Nuggets fans for just this series just because they so badly want to see the Lakers lose. Like, I get Kings fans were chanting, let's go Lakers, at the end of Game 7 when it was clear the Warriors were going to win and move on, which was a shock, right? And Kings fans were largely behind the Lakers because... But that wasn't because Kings fans just hate the Warriors players. No, that was... Because Warriors fans were so annoying to Kings fans that it pushed the, the organization that hates the Lakers maybe more than any other organization aside from the Celtics and the Clippers. The Sacramento Kings hate the Lakers. The Warriors fans were so awful that the Kings fans were pulling for the Lakers. Like, my goodness. And now you've got Warriors fans who are so upset that they're becoming Denver fans and changing their profile. I think it's two things. This is a fan base that is not used to losing. Um, they are very loud, very vocal. And also I think very, very young. And, and all of that is, it really showed through in um, this last series. And it's still there now, which is crazy. My goodness. Warriors fans. I mean, Go on vacation. I mean, yeah, just go on vacation. And when you haven't, <laughs> you know, watched basketball longer than for four years or whatever, it's it's tough. Like you, you don't you don't know how to. You haven't hit the the uh, the I don't know what the word. Like the, you know the how rock bottom it, before okay. that felt the pain, sure. the sting, of, the sting of loss in the in the playoffs. I'm gonna pull a relationship analogy. Shout out to our Do last it. episode sponsor, Matt the Optimist Peralta. <laughs> so, Let's go there. They were like, you know how like in the early stages of like asking a girl, you, you got to hit that rejection or whatever. And there's a couple of ways you can bounce back from the rejection. You can either, okay, use that as a confidence, but like, hey, I shot my shot or whatever. I missed. Or you can let that hit you rock bottom and you're scared or whatever, right? The Warrior fans, they, they hit rejection for the first time in the Steve Carrera and the Western Conference. And they don't know how to compensate for it. And so now they're 
becoming Denver Nugget fans. So if you see a lot of Denver Nugget hate, Laker Nation, just know those are cover-up Warrior fans who don't know how to compensate with the fact that uh, Darvin Ham owns the Warriors. So they're, there you go. They're feeling the sting for the first time, and they don't know how to deal with it. Um, losing to the Lakers in, in the West. And uh, yeah, not handling it well. Not handling it well. They're not just like making mixtapes and, e- and eating a bunch of ice cream. They're like drastically changing their changing their their appearance to become Denver Nuggets fans for this series, which is funny. But in any event, I agree with the basic message here, right? Especially yeah. after coming out after just the, I mean, mudslinging fight of Lakers Warriors. I'm hoping that Lakers fans and Nuggets fans, well, of course, there's going to be opposition. And the longer the series goes on, the more of it there's going to be. Um, Hopefully, it is more of a respectful uh, relationship than what we saw in the previous series. Man, that was rough. Brutal. All right. Well, let's, let's leave things there on that positive note. Good vibes, Lakers and Nuggets fans. Let's all... Try to get along as much as possible while being competitive as hell in the Western Conference Finals. Both teams vying for a shot at a title. Sean, thanks for coming on here again, man. This was a lot of fun. Tomorrow we're going to spend some time breaking down the matchup a bit further, getting ready for game day. Let's go, man. This is going to be a blast. I can't wait, dude. Can't wait. All right, everybody. Thank you for joining us here on the LakersNation.com podcast. Make sure you do subscribe to the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash LakersNation. And of course, the podcast over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever it is you listen to podcasts. Till next time, see ya and stay safe. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.